We have been taught that easy is better. And the reason we're sold easy is better is because easy for us means buying something, right? I mean, you think about all the prepared foods that are damaging our diet. Why are people selling us prepared foods? Not to make our lives better, because it's a commercial endeavor and they want to sell these products and we think it makes our lives better. It doesn't, it, it damages our health. We lose the joy of, you know, the experience of cooking. We lose the time that that takes with family or with ourselves, with our thoughts, right? Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you'll hear one aha moment after another for yourself. I am interviewing the most unbelievable thought leaders in the world about everything under the sun, people who are part of an enormous wave of goodness and progress happening in the world that isn't getting nearly enough attention. Thought leaders like our guest today, they're tackling some of the world's most vexing problems or they're creating systems to help us all thrive. And they think the future is still bright. So I think we need to know what they know. We need to know how they get around obstacles, how they set backs into opportunity. And our guest today, Marion Abrams, is such an amazing person on all those fronts. So Marion has this incredible background. She has been a filmmaker, a podcast host, and a consultant. And she has this breathtaking scope of, of work that involves PBS Nova series, the History Channel, ESPN, and she's received three Emmy nominations for her work. I mean, this, this is a serious woman of rigorous intention, which I just love. So here's the cool thing about Marion's journey. I think she's going to tell us more about this, but Marion was um, able to satisfy her passion but for the outdoors by specializing in shooting and editing films about sports like snowboarding and skiing and running and mountain biking. And along that journey, she connected with the Spartan races, which you may know is a sort of a phenomenon that is part of a culture of testing our boundaries and, and discovering what where our limits are or where they're not. So Marion, welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. I'm so happy to be here. You've already said so many things that like I, I've made little notes, rigorous intention. What a great phrase that is, first of all, and getting over obstacles in order to achieve our goals. That's what we're all about in Spartan. So I'm, I'm excited to be here and to see where this goes. Well, I should say that, you know, Marion has her own podcast called Grounded Content, which we'll talk about a little bit in the end. But I got to say also, mutual admiration is that I've listened to a number of those episodes because it's she's also a consultant for podcasters. And I tell you, one of the things that attracted me to your work is that you are so darn down to earth. You just tell it like it is. You're just not handicapping anything. And yet you're, you know, I never heard you use buzzwords like how we're showing up in the world and all these things. There are some people that like can't help but talk in all these buzzwords. If you took those phrases out, they'd have, they'd be saying almost nothing. Yeah. Don't you ever want to just say like, what do you, but what do you mean? Yes. What do you actually mean? What do you yeah, really so Rigorous intention to me, rigorous intention is somebody who's lived a professional life like yours that can point to things that we ordinary people that are not in your world should know about. I want you to take the next 40 minutes to tell us what you really wish people knew. We'll talk yeah. about the Spartan races and all those things, but I, I will admit <laughs> I'm a dentist. I've had hundreds of patients. The Spartan races were founded, the founder and so forth. It's all, it started in Vermont, right? 
It did. Yeah. It started yeah. in a tiny town in Vermont yes. called Pittsfield, where, where I lived at the time, which is a town of 500 people. Yeah. Yes. So imagine now it's part of this global phenomenon. And um, but lots of Vermonters participate. I've had lots of patients and I had like a preconceived notion about the Spartan races, yeah. which totally blown. And of course, the research I did for this interview really sent me spinning. And I really want to shine a light on this, this movement and this way of thinking, because it's so much more than just testing our physical abilities. This is about discovering what we're made of and what we could be and setting goals that are aspirational. We don't necessarily have to achieve them. But another thing I found, which I hope you'll talk about, is how it's such a wonderful way to pursue success and dreams with strangers. Yeah, yeah, the connection. So, I mean, there's so many places to go, but one I will start with is right now in the world, one of the biggest challenges that many people are feeling is this sense of isolation, right? Mm. And even after the physical isolation that was you know, in place because of COVID restrictions, even after that clears, there still is this lingering sense of isolation, this lack of human connection. And an interesting fact in social science is that one of the most immediate ways to form a bond, to form a connection is through shared struggle. So there's actual behavioral science and data where they took two people and made them do wall sits. You know, this simple exercise where you sit against the wall and your legs start to shake. Two people, they never said a word to each other. They did wall sits next to each other and then left the room and they felt more connected and more bonded than they had beforehand. So Spartan race, among other things, right? Having that shared physical challenge creates a sense of connection. So if you and your family, your friends, your coworkers, you go and you do this together, you create this, this bond and this connection. And, and this is what, this is at the core. I really understand, can appreciate more of the whole thing. I mean, certainly there are thousands of people who treat this like a real professional sporting event, but there are millions who treat it. They go and form teams with colleagues or family members or whatever, and they treat it like a shared adventure. It's a shared challenge. And I'll, before we go, I want to talk about that, but I want to share one more kind of stereotype breaker, right? So we were at the world championships in France a few years ago, and there was a branding expert there. And he was experiencing the whole weekend and we were asking him questions. What did he feel about the whole weekend? And he said, you're not going to believe the word that I'm thinking of because we said, you know, what are, what's the first thing you think of after this experience? And we thought it was going to be grit or mud or barbed wire or, you know, strength or toughness. And he said, the first word, the most powerful word is love. And you could feel the love, right? Because I feel like when we see the world and we see everyday situations where there are people in need, but a lot of us would like to help and we don't quite know how, or we don't know, you know, you, you, you think of the general example, right? Somebody is a homeless person on the sidewalk. Do you give them money or is that money going to, you know, worsen whatever the conditions they are, or should you donate to a shelter? Like you just don't know. And so a lot of the time you stop, right? Mm -hmm. But when you are 
out in the mud and the barbed wire and the fresh air and you're getting exercise and you're feeling great and you see the person in front of you or the person behind you needs, you know, the 10 finger lift to get over the wall or needs a little help or needs a little push or a little pull, you just jump right in. And that is human instinct, right? Because we've evolved to help each other. This is the number one thing that my patients tell me about it, just that. And they give, and they just rattle off examples like the one you just gave about the 10 finger push going into it, which I want to talk about, because that's a whole other aspect, the the personal challenge of the training. Um, I have I have a dental assistant who did one and, you know, to be sitting next to her for the six months while she was training was a whole other thing. And then the actual event and, you know, it's okay. So let, let's take it from the top of things that I'm curious about. So yeah. Uh, just today, I discovered this whole psychology, this whole um, thing in the world that I never knew existed called anti-fragility. Do you know about this mm-hmm. anti-fragility? Uh, so I've heard the phrase and I know a little bit and I think it might even be controversial, but I can tell you the, the element of it that we really embrace and believe in. And that is two parts. Number one, life is hard, right? Life is going to throw unexpected challenges your way, no matter what. It could be cancer. It could be death of a loved one. It could be bankruptcy. It could, there's all things happen to all of us in life. And we train our muscles to be resilient and prepared for physical challenges. But how do we train our psychology, our mind to be prepared for challenges that come up in life? And so the idea, the philosophy behind Spartan is, you know, you could call it obstacle immunity that you could build. You, you practice in small steps, overcoming seemingly impossible obstacles, and you learn this confidence, you learn the skill set, you learn the resilience. And there's tons of science to back this up, that teaching yourself this practice, right? Because Here's another thing in terms of the anti-fragility or whatever we want to use. I'm wary of terminology because everything's become so associated with these extremes, right? And politicized. And so I don't, you know, I, I hesitate to use any of those terms, but I can tell you that like, here's a term that I'm comfortable with and that's learned helplessness. And so think about this. Think about the toddler that trips and falls. When mom jumps in and says, oh my God, are you okay? Picks the child up, hugs the child, carries them so they don't have to walk anymore, right? What is that lesson for the child? The lesson for the child is I don't have the capability to overcome this problem. I don't have inherently the facilities, the, you know, the strength to figure this out. Whereas the parent that says, oh, you fell down, get back up. And the child gets back up. That's how they learn to walk, right? We're built to do this. And so many have learned helplessness. And I don't want to go on and on, but I just want to talk about, we interviewed somebody on Spartan Up. I say we, I'm behind the scenes, but Joe interviewed somebody on Spartan Up a few weeks ago. Her name is Lenora Skenazy. And she started an organization called Let Grow Kids or Let Grow. And the idea is that we are teaching our kids. So here's an example. You know, when you used to go to school, the bell would ring when you got there. That was the arrival bell. And at the end of the day, the bell would ring. That was the dismissal bell. Now we call them the drop-off bell and the pickup bell, right? Because our children, we now bring the little package to school, drop it off and pick it up. And the child no longer has agency, no longer learns skills. And that child not only learns that the world is a dangerous place, but also doesn't, doesn't have the opportunity to build trust in themselves, right? 
that is the long and short of it. Just that the way we develop coping skills is to is to meet with struggles. We got to practice. Yes. And I, I think that's what I learned from the videos I watched about the Spartan races and so forth was, you know, this is, um, well, I guess what I loved and what made me think of this word fragility um, in general is that one of the things on the Spartan website, it says the Spartan mission, make unbreakable people. And I really love this concept of being unbreakable. We don't have to be so fragile. I've had four deaths in my immediate family in the last six months. Oh my gosh. Since I talked to you, my mother-in-law dropped dead. And I feel like I'm not nearly as fragile as I was eight months ago. I mean, if there's anything that's happened, I feel like I bend so much before I break. Right, right. It's like the tree, right? And that that analogy, that tree that is buffeted by the storms, right? That becomes strong and flexible and grows tall. Whereas the tree that you have inside in the garden, you know, that you keep it in the house and you water it, you protect it. You put it outside the first day and it's not going to live. It doesn't have that strength and resilience. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you right off is that, uh, and when I was, I hadn't really thought through, was that this is sort of a three-part challenge or a, or a three-part, it's a, more like almost like a calling, like to get your best self to show up that day. Mm-hmm. You've got to worry about the training, the nutrition, and doesn't hurt to develop a community all around you while you're doing it. I can't say that I ever remember meeting a patient who said they did it totally alone. Almost and, every Yeah. And I actually say that that's great if it happens in that order, but it's okay. Sometimes it happens in the other order. And one of the things that we've learned through you know, letters to the CEO and through feedback from people who have done the race is that the simple act, and it doesn't have to be Spartan race. We have you know, our philosophy, we have our challenges, but a lot of these same things happen if you sign up for a 5K in your neighborhood, whatever that is. When you sign up, you put that date on the calendar and then you start to change. In a way that you don't if you, you know, make a New Year's resolution because there's nothing out there, right? So you put that date on the calendar. You have to do the 5K. You have the Spartan on the calendar. Now you have a reason to train, right? It's not just like buying the gym membership, but then you don't ever go. You know that that date's out there and you want to be ready. And then who you're hanging out with starts to change, right? Because instead of hanging out drinking late at night, you're going to the gym. Your community changes. So it can happen in both directions, right? We just talked to, and I don't know if you listened to this episode, there's a program called the Jericho Project. Okay. And the Jericho Project is for people who are in prison and have had issues with drug addiction, right? And one of the first things they do is address the physical health of the participants, because what they've found is once they start to feel physically better about themselves, everything else follows. And not only do they address physical first, and then they start to do, you know, teaching them career skills and other skills, but they do Spartan races, they do CrossFit games, they volunteer at Spartan races. So it's a tool that works. There's a lot of volunteerism involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's lovely. We're going to get to some of that because I have some specific questions, but talk to me about, you know, the... (laughs) A lot of people would ask, and maybe you have these answers and maybe you don't, but a lot of people would say, why would people pay to suffer through an obstacle course? Like what's the neuroscience to that? I mean, here's, I get that, right? And in the old days, I was a camera person and that used to be my joke. They pay me to be here, right? I don't pay. (laughs) But the reality is there is a real hunger Mm -hmm. and you know this, right? We see it around us. There is a hunger to be tested, to be challenged. 
There is no longer any kind of rite of passage that happens in life for people. Think about how many, especially young people, they want to prove themselves, right? We also see it in terms of camaraderie for many, many people transitioning out of the military or transitioning out of collegiate sports or professional sports. They miss that camaraderie. They miss that sense of challenge and the sense of accomplishment. And again, like it's Spartan. It could be another obstacle race. It's a physical challenge. Here's what the benefits are. The benefits are community, outdoors, right? And physical activity and community, all of those. But Spartan gives you a sort of safe environment to test yourself, right? You don't have to go climb Everest, right? You're challenged. You may fail, but it's relatively a safe test, right? You know, I see a lot of, um, besides the young people I've seen, I've seen a lot of people that are getting to that age, let's say 40-ish, 45, where they're starting to feel the social pressure of not being considered whatever the definition of physically, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's, I don't, I hate the word midlife crisis, but there's this moment where you start looking at the social narrative out in the world about your being over the hill or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, At 40, 45. And what I've noticed is (laughs) everybody that's ever done it at that age is successful or process was so successful by all kinds of definitions. One of the things that we see is that um, in the longer endurance sports tend to people who, who are older tend to do better in the endurance sports. Right. Whether that is something about our physiology or whether it's the mental, the patience and the the ability to struggle and to accept discomfort and all of that. But I also see that there is a an awareness that comes with age, right? And for me, one of the most powerful things I ever got out of our interviews was this guy, Brian Chantosh, who said, he was talking about keeping your word. And, you know, I was always someone who kept my word. That was important to me. But he turned it on its head and he said, you have to keep your word to yourself. And that to me was life-changing and so powerful. And as you reach a certain level of maturity, you may understand that I want to challenge myself. I want to avail myself of all the tools there are to make myself better, to see what I can do, right? You realize that life is a gift and it's finite and you want to appreciate and get the most out of every day. And for me, right, that's physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, all of that. But physical is a really important pillar to that. Yeah. You know, and that brings me to something I wanted to share with people that I absolutely loved was that many, many places I ran across the adaptive athletes. This is not just for people who, this is for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. There there was this kid, um, he, I think, he was a Montreal kid. He was in a race and the, the local news station did a nice story about him. He was missing one arm and the opposite leg. And somebody asked him to do, I think it was the, the Shriners Hospital in his area, mm. asked him to be a part of their team. And then there's mm. another guy who was, he was in a race that had 5,000 people in it. Yeah. And he uh, was, he has cerebral palsy, quite severe cerebral palsy, finished and so forth. So like, this is, this yeah. is very I'll tell you a story of a woman that I met who she was born with a congenital issue. Um, Her legs were different lengths and it was a physical condition as well. And the doctors always told her she couldn't do physical activities. And her family was active. Her family used to ski, all this. She was always envious because she could never go on the trips. And she finally, in her mid thirties, late thirties, she decided she wanted to do a Spartan race and she wasn't going to listen to anyone who said no, she was going to do it. 
and she trained and she went out and she finished the race. And she said, it was the first time that she realized that she had the power. Nobody could say no to her. It was up to her. And it was life-changing for her. And she now takes people who don't think they can do it or have been told they can't do it out and does races with them. You know, whether they are heavy, out of shape, disabled, like whatever adaptive athletes or non-athletes. I mean, that's the key, even non-athletes, right? So the thing is when you acknowledge the mental part and the value of challenge and the value of overcoming obstacles, even if you take on this event and you don't finish it, if you fail, but you come back again next time, that's what matters, right? It still can have a powerful impact on your life. Yes, 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 definitely. The reports I get back from patients are, you know, I don't even know if we talk about whether they finish. I can't really think about that that is in the conversation. It's just so much else to talk about. Okay, so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a whole lot of other things that are just magical about this whole movement. So we'll be back in a minute. Dr. Linda here. If you are hoping the world is a lot better than what we see on the news and social media, and if you've been overwhelmed by the misery and negativity coming from the screens in your life, I've got a wonderful connection for you. What I've learned after almost a decade of curating the internet for insight and innovation is that there is an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows about yet. And that's what led me to create this podcast. And then I co-founded The Goodness Exchange. The Goodness Exchange is an amazing place on the internet now where you can enjoy unlimited access to hundreds of articles that give you a more complete, positive perspective about the state of the world. You can listen to exclusive bonus content from this podcast with our guests who are knee-deep in solving some of the world's most vexing problems, and yet they still think the future is bright. We need to know what they know. And at the Goodness Exchange, you can explore a feed of exclusively good news and recommended other kinds of content created by the Goodness Exchange community. No one with good ideas and good intentions need feel alone again. You are right to hold out hope for humanity. Millions of people are out there creating a better world, and we have created a gathering place for all that wonder. Who knows what's possible now that there's a place on the internet created to bring out our best impulses and our collective genius. To explore the home for goodness on the internet, visit goodness-exchange.com backslash membership. Thanks. Okay, we're back. So today we're here to talk with Mary Abrams. She's a filmmaker, a podcast host, and a consultant with this amazing scope of work in videography. But along her journey in life, she got connected to the Spartan races. And it's something that I had a lot of pre- preconceived notions about. And when I met Mary and we got into this talk, I said, oh my gosh people need to know that this exists. And gosh, even through the process of the last 25 minutes, I think you're talking me into signing up, but we'll spring that one on my husband later. Do it. You should do it. Okay. So Marion, one of the things that impresses me is that um, there seems to be something a little magical in what my patients report back to me about sharing this radical challenge with strangers. Like, They report that like sometimes people will be actually doing the race and they'll be helping people up over this or that obstacle. And maybe they just forget about the race entirely and they just stay there and help. Help 
helping strangers. Let's talk just a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, it is, look, there's, there's two things that make you feel great. And one is that shared struggle and connection, human connection that we all need. Right. And the other is of course, just actual physical, physical activity. There's tons of science about how good that makes you feel. Then you add being outdoors, right? All of that is bringing out these great emotions and yeah, people will stop at a wall and just keep helping people over it, helping because there's so much joy in helping others succeed uh, when it's so clear and obvious. The other thing I love to talk about is um, I have friends who have worked on the race crew and many of them say their favorite thing to do is run sweep. And what that means is you're the last one through running through the course to make sure all the stragglers come in. And it's those people that give you the goosebumps. Those are the people that the race is about, right? Because it's that person that maybe it took them six hours, eight hours to get through it, but they got through it. Those are the people whose lives are being changed. And those are the people who it's so exciting to see them have that sense of achievement because it's such a greater sense of achievement too. If you're super fit and you go and you leap over the obstacles, it's fun, but you don't have that sort of life changing transformational sense of achievement at the finish line. Right. But if you're someone who really didn't know if you could do it, Or maybe you've been told no all your life, right? Like the story of that woman I told you about, she was told no all her life. And finally she said yes for herself, right? Whatever that is, it becomes very powerful. And, you know, we also talked to, we talked to somebody in the, in the U S military, and he was talking about some of the new therapies that they were trying for PTSD and how there is something powerful too, when you tie the physical to the emotional and how those transformations get made and stick. And, you know, none of this is like a giant surprise. I think we all know that most of these these connections and and most of the things that we could choose to do with our time would be so much more. We have been taught, we have been sold that easy is better. And the reason we're sold easy is better is because easy for us means buying something, right? I mean, you think about all the prepared foods that are damaging our diet. Why are people selling us prepared foods? Not to make our lives better because it's a commercial endeavor and they want to sell these products and then they have to market these products and we think it makes our lives better. It doesn't, it it damages our health. We lose the joy of, you know, the experience of cooking. We lose the time that that takes with family or with ourselves, with our thoughts, right? So all these things that we are given these messages every day that are, sort of gradually eating away at our own sort of control over ourselves, our bodies, and our lives. And so really the message that we have in Spartan Up, which is really the philosophy of the CEO is, right, simpler is better. You want to take care of your mind, your body, and your spirit, right? So get outside, get some exercise. You know, your diet, you don't have to, you don't have to like, you know, biohack, eat more salad, Like it doesn't have to be, you don't need to do a complicated workout, get outside, do something hard that makes you tired. You know, I mean, you can go as far as you want, but you don't have to complicate it. That is such a great, just, just get outside, do something hard that makes you tired. That that may be the, (laughs) that may be the, the quote of the day. All right. So talk to us about what winning means in the Spartan challenges, because I've heard that that's all over the place too. There are just so many places to make it a win. Yeah, there's so many ways, right? And, you know, one of the differentiators about Spartan is it is timed, it is competitive, it is measured. So if you are a competitive athlete, 
you are going all in and you are going as fast as you can. And that competitive drive is pushing you, right? And then if you're even a regular person like me, right? I went in and I did the Spartan sprint, which is the shorter distance. And I did it with my two sons. And we started out doing it when they were young and I was waiting for them. And we kept doing it and they were waiting for me, you know, years later. But the thing that happens too, when it's measured and competitive is I get home and I go and I look at my scores and my times and I say, wow, for a woman over 50, I actually did like, I was in like, you know, third place in my time in that heat or so, you know, whatever it was. And then I start to think like, well, you know, if I train, maybe I could come in second in my place. And so it motivates you that measure, even against yourself can be a motivating measure, right? Because there's so many categories, right? And so being timed, being tracked, it does help. And there is a new format called DECA, which is so exciting. It is a gym-based program and they call it your DECA mark. And so what it is, is it's a set of 10 sort of activities, exercises, and everyone is measured the same. So what it means is you get this DECA mark, this benchmark, no matter how slow or fast or fit you are, you get a mark that you could test yourself six months against, a year against, and it will be exactly consistent. So that instead of saying, did I gain weight? Did I lose weight? Do I look pretty, right? Do I look better? You can say, I am stronger. You know, I am faster. I'm fitter than I was this time last year. Or I could test myself against my best friend in California and we could both go and do our mark on the same day. And I can say like, you know, I was a little faster. Now she's going to train a little harder and we'll do it again. So that competitive piece helps some people. But for others, it's really just about getting over the finish line. I mean, for me, the race, when I've done it, is really, it's a great day outside, right? And I've always done it with my two sons since they were little. And it's just something fun we do together. Well, and, and that, that brings you to some little zone uh, that I found. I discovered this world where kids are getting involved in this. And the ah, the, the sentiments of the parents, there's a great little video. I hope we can find it and put it embedded in the article about this podcast episode. You know, that seems like just an obvious parenting win. <laughs> you know, you asked me earlier, you said, why would people pay to go do hard things, get money and dirty? You don't have to ask kids this. Like, what is it that parents have been telling them not to do like every day of their lives? Go out, play in the mud, climb on stuff. Like, it's so natural. It's just what we want to do. And then again, to get back to the autonomy thing and the pride and the confidence, like how do you become confident? You become confident by setting small challenges and succeeding, right? Yes. And so this does that. This gives you that sense of pride in accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's mud. And just then there's mud. Lots of mud. <laughs> I mean, this is, I, my, I have this great photograph from when my husband and I were childhood sweethearts. So we, we were 15. We were involved in a mud volleyball tournament. And <laughs> I swear, if the house were burning down, I'd run and grab the, the thumb drive with those, those, those old images on it. There's something about mud. That it is, it, it's like, it like violates what we, like you said, what we were supposed to do or not do when we were kids. And then adults like it just as much as anyone else. And, you know, are we too serious in the world? I, I think there's like a, like we take ourselves too seriously. And the Spartan races seem to impress me as, as an opportunity to just, to just, okay, if you want to take it seriously and break your neck, go for it. But then there's all this other melee you can find yourself in. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, so Spartan now owns Tough Mudder, which used to be their biggest competitor. And Tough Mudder is really about the fun, 
right? Tough mutter is it's the same, like we're, help, you know, we're, we're helping the world in the same way because we're motivating people to get out there and challenge themselves and be in the fresh air and take on a challenge with others. Right. And so if you want the sort of like the super fun party vibe, tough mutter works, right? And if you want the sort of, maybe it's a little more earnest, right? About challenging yourself and self-improvement and simple, clean living and eating and all that stuff, maybe Spartans for you. And there's a little bit of both in both, you know, but it's um, the mud part. I agree with you, right? It kind of breaks down that we have these self-imposed limitations as to what we can accomplish and what we can take on and what we can do. And I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head that that mud, like it's just, once you get muddy, you sort of like, you kind of let go, right? And then of course it's great marketing, right? Because you everybody has these fantastic pictures of themselves and they want to share them. Well, I, some, I imagine there's some people that do it just for that. Right, <laughs> right. You know, as we wrap up here, I loved shining a light on this today when I dove in and found there was so much there also, because I think we are looking to turn the page on a chapter where a lot of us have spent our lives looking at a screen. Mm -hmm. And we were getting sucked down that rabbit hole long before the pandemic, getting set in our ways and habits. But I think the pandemic has given us a chance to just sort of pause long enough to decide what we want our life filled with going forward. And I, do, and I wanted to ask you about how the pandemic changed or how, how did you process this whole thing during the pandemic? Yeah. So first I want to just say like in terms of the, the dependence on devices, there's two great books and we've had these authors as guests on Spartan Up, but one is Indistractable by Nir Eyal. Love and it. You probably already know it, right? And then the other one is Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. And they're, they're, they're both fantastic books that really talk about that. And then even Dopamine Nation by Anna Lemke, which I haven't read the book yet, but based on the interview with her covers a lot of the same territory. I know there's, there's controversy around everything, but here's one of the things that I will just say flat out, right? We understand, I understand that there are people that can't do certain things, right? And, and this is not a judgment against them, but what we're saying is, most of us can do a lot more than we think, right? Most of us. So it can feel judgy, but it shouldn't. It should feel affirming, right? Yeah. Because anyone can be a part if they have the willingness. That's the only condition, the willingness. And if you go out there on these course, I'll tell you one story. I'm getting distracted, but I, it, it's a great story, right? There's a guy we know, he was in a car accident. He was paralyzed from the chest down. And maybe I told you this story. I don't know, but he was paralyzed from the chest down. And as a fundraiser with his friends, he was going to take on some race and they did some little local mud race and his friends helped him through. And it was a fundraiser. And they said, that was great. And somebody said, oh, you guys should do a Spartan race. Somehow they got in touch with Joe DeSena, the founder. And he said, yeah, go do the Spartan, the Killington Spartan race. So they didn't know that they had signed up for the most difficult race. It was like a 16 mile race across the mountains, all this. And they went out there. They took it on. They were out there for 10, 12, 16 hours. I don't know what, but they didn't finish. And they came down the mountain, dragging, exhausted, tired. And they saw Joe and he looked at them and he said, couldn't get it done, huh? And most people hear that part of the story and they think, what an a-hole. Yes. Like what a jerk, right? But I heard this story from the guy, from the guy who's paralyzed from the chest down. And he said, that changed my life because I could either give up or I can double down. And what he did 
But that inspired him. He said, I am being treated just like everybody else, challenged just like everybody else. And I've heard this from so many adaptive athletes. What they love is they're doing the same obstacles, the same challenges with friends, with help, with all of that. But it's very powerful, right? This is a delicate com- the part of yeah, the company. Yeah, it I, is, right? Yeah, I have a really good friend to the Goodness Exchange who, whose name is Daniel Kish. He, maybe you've heard of him. They call him the real Batman because he lost both of his eyes when he was a baby and he taught himself to see with sound. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and I talked to him really regularly and always love talking about that aspect of things because he's so real and he doesn't get hurt, but it's complex, right? Yeah, yeah. You like when someone tries to help you? Do you? It, is it right? Is it annoying as hell? Or you know, like where are those boundaries? And everybody's different, right? Everybody's yeah. different, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's the important thing is that sometimes those of us who are sort of natural helpers, our first instinct when someone is faced with a challenge is to help. Yeah, and sometimes that's not the best, right? Or to judge harshly someone who pushes people to stand on their own, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that everyone can do everything. I'm not making any kind of statement, but I'm saying as much as we don't want to be judged, let's also not judge those who say like challenge is can be a very powerful thing in people's lives. Well, and I think this points out one last thing. Oh, and there's, gosh, there's so many things we didn't touch on. But one last thing that I think is really important about this is that like this seems to be a, an opportunity to get so much self-insight. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get out in the world and actually do things and do things with others and do things that- And even involve, fail sometimes. Yes. Like all that we're talking about here, even this, knowing when to help, knowing when not to offer it. Okay. So you're going to learn something if you get it wrong in that moment. But if we don't get out and do things that are just, I call it our growing edges- I've learned to love to be out of my growing edges because whenever I make a mistake out there, I, it makes me feel like I've gotten a little bit bigger. Like, you know, then you go, Oh, I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) And, and so there's that opportunity in all the things that we can poke at the edges of our, our building. And that's the big thing for me is that we're all walking around with so many limiting beliefs. And, you know, like, especially now where we're so divided, it's like, I feel like I need to be careful when I talk about challenge. Right. But here's the other thing. When you're in the mud and climbing over the wall and giving somebody 10 fingers, you don't care who they voted for. No, none of that matters because you've got their back. You're helping each other in the moment. Yes. Well, this is a good place to wrap up our conversation. I just discovered this whole world and thought it needed to be shared. I should have been more open-minded after 15 or how long has it been around 10 years, 15? How long? I, you know, I don't know the exact starting year. I, I could probably guess. I mean, uh, there have been events for since 2007 in Vermont, but I think yeah. Spartan officially uh, started later than that. So I, yeah, I was thinking about 15 years worth of patients yeah. were going on about this. <laughs> <laughs> and I had all these preconceived notions I yeah. should dinner, but better late than never. And I also want to wrap up here to tell you that if you do happen to be in any part of your world creating content, Marion's podcast is called Grounded Content, is just a world of good. It's just, it's just very, it's very good for the soul. You talk to really nice people who have really good intention. And like I mentioned before, rigorous intention, not just people flying by the seat of their pants. 
And there's too much of that going on. And so if you are in the content creation world, no matter where you're at in that, I would recommend Grounded Content Podcasts as well. Thank you so, so much. Marion, thank you so much for joining us and helping us see this possibility out there. That's the whole world, right? The whole world ahead of us is just full of possibilities that we didn't know about. And we just have to shove our limiting beliefs overboard and embrace some new things. Exactly. Exactly. Get outside. Try something new. That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much. You know, thank you for joining us. Uh, visit the Goodness Exchange for people like Marion who are elevating the best in others and all the opportunity that we're not hearing nearly enough on about in the world and in social media. It is a world full of amazing people doing one cool thing after another, and you can be a part of it. And I hope that all these connections to goodness and progress that Mary and I have shared will carry you through your week and you will start finding all the joy and wonder that we've been talking about. Thank you. 